Despite our efforts, she has been missing a lot of school. She might be getting straight A grades, but we weren't able to totally mark her as in attendance as we thought we could. We might get away with it with a fake academy record that she's been at the other school on days off. Might as well officially enroll her with us full time so we can have control of her schedule. His green eyes sparked with amusement. Did you hear that? You're stuck with us now. I grinned, although it was more like baring teeth to keep the thermometer in, and then closed my mouth quickly. What about Mr. Hendricks? Coda asked, seeming to read my mind. What happens when he wants something from her and tries to call her parents? We're going to face it sooner or later, Dr. Green said. What happens if we find this missing money? Hendricks will point fingers, including at her. The people he keeps close are ones with a lot of skeletons they want to keep in the closet. She's not a threat to involve any police, but he could change that in a few seconds with a phone call. Based on who he is and his status, he could make things escalate very quickly, and he's not above lying. If we kick his beehive enough, he might do it. We can stop it, though, Coda said. We may need to get her off the radar before that happens. He looked over to the window, to the street outside. We're taking a lot of risks trying to keep things as they were. The best thing to do right now is to get her away from the potential for harm when it all falls down. We were kidding ourselves. Extracting her from the school was never going to be easy, and we've made it ten times harder involving her as much as we have. Coda caught my attention with a stare, and then winked at me. It wasn't the first time I suspected things might change after this year when I'd possibly join with the Academy, but Dr. Green made it sound like they'd been planning for a while to get me out of Ashley Waters High School. Dr. Green continued going over how we'd handle the next few weeks. Since we'd gotten sick, academy meetings had been held in person, usually at Coda's house. With Volto getting closer and more dangerous, and clearly listening in on any phone calls, despite Victor's efforts to evade him, no one was taking any risks. Phone calls were only for everyday normal things, no academy business. I hadn't turned on my new phone all week, since mine had been compromised, Victor had provided a new one that had a unique heart sticker on the inside of the cover, so I'd know if it had been switched. Once we returned to school and the diner, I'd have to carry it with me, but I planned only to use it for emergencies. I was paranoid now, and waited until people were around to talk to them about anything, including simple, friendly things. When Dr. Green took the thermometer from me again, he shook his head and pouted. Yup. Dead. Is this one broken? What does it say? Coda asked. 95.8, he said. I thought you said she had a fever last night. This is the opposite of a fever, Coda. You should get her a heating blanket. 96 is my normal, I said. Had this not come up before? Maybe not, since I hadn't really been sick around them before. If my temperature is 98, I'm uncomfortable and if it's 99, I'm feeling really sick. Dr. Green smirked and put the thermometer away. You just break all the rules, don't you? I wouldn't mind taking a few blood tests to be sure it isn't anything serious. It could be your normal, or it could be something else. Could it be serious? Coda asked. Well, she doesn't have a whole lot of other symptoms, Dr. Green said. He raised a quizzical eyebrow and looked at me. No internal pain? I shook my head. We don't have to hurry with it, Dr. Green said. But I'll put you on my schedule.
Kota sighed and shook his head. He stood up and adjusted his shirt and pants from the mess they were in since we'd both just woken up. Well, as long as she's not very sick, or actually dead. He headed toward the closet, pulling out clothes for himself. His brown hair was sticking out in the back in a way I liked. I'd come to enjoy his fresh out-of-bed look. It was a lot like Mr. Blackburn during the day, with hair just right and glasses polished. In the mornings, though, he was almost human, casual and occasionally without his glasses. I found his face handsome and admired it. Dr. Green waited until Coda was in the bathroom and then reached for my forehead, pressing his palm to my skin. He held there and then eased back to brush some of my hair away from my eyes. Almost ready to get back into the saddle, pumpkin? He asked. I tried to smile, but I was shaking my head at the same time. Could I ever be prepared to...